The Bible predicts in the end time there will be wars, famines, earthquakes, and disease. Sin will increase, hearts will grow cold, people will hate one another. So do you believe we're living in the last days? Join me today as we talk about these things and take your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Hello, everyone. I'm Doug Norvell, and as you can see, there's no Vince here with me today. Uh, Vince is actually teaching a class tonight at Purpose Institute, um, a college course that we have at our local church, and uh, he's off preparing for that class today. And so, of course, you know, we we told you yesterday, Dave is away at Blue Eye, uh, Missouri, at the Jim Baker Show. Uh, Hopefully some of you got to see that live today. I think it was on around 11 o'clock. So uh, just keep both of them in prayer as uh, Vince prepares for his class tonight. And Dave travels uh, with Jana and and some others uh, this weekend. So keep them in your prayer. I'd also like to take a few seconds just to give you an update on where Dave's going to be next week. So uh, I mentioned this, that he'll be in Katy, Texas next Friday and Saturday night. This event is a free event. Every event that we do where we go out and we do these conferences, uh, it's always a free event. And the seating arrangements are first come, first serve. So you'll want to get there early. You'll uh, have opportunity to meet Dave after the conference and everything uh, there. You're going to love that um, church there. It's the Pentecostals of Katy at 1941 Westboro Drive in Katy, Texas, 77449. And this will be a little different uh, because normally what we do is a Saturday night, Sunday morning. But this event is going to be on Friday night, October 22nd. It starts at 7 p.m. that night. And then on Saturday, October 23rd at 6 p.m. If you need more details about that, you can always go to endtime.com slash events and you can uh, check out exactly where we're going to be and the timing and everything. So uh, remember, today is um, your day. So you can call us today. The number to call is one 363 8463 And you can join us live on the air here today. Um, like I said there in the opener, there's a lot of things um, that Jesus told us to look for in the end time. So those things uh, are found in Matthew 24. And I'm going to go here and then I'm going to go to a, a phone call, I believe. But I want to get this out just so we know where we're headed today. Matthew 24, starting in verse 6, it says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. False prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because of iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold, but he that 
endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. So the Lord Jesus told us that these things were going to come, that we could expect these things. And we can look in our news um, just this past week. We've had all kinds of different things going on. Threats of world war, uh, stories about famine and disease, earthquakes, and of course sin abounding. One of the things that uh, I came across, there were so many different things that we could open up and talk about today. But one of the things that uh, I saw today in the headlines is that school districts are suing over pornography that's actually being taught in the classrooms. And uh, they're actually winning some court cases. So that's a good thing. But it's they're teaching our kids now these things that we never would have dreamed of this. Whenever I was in school, I never would have thought that they would be covering some of the subjects they cover. And then one of the things that kind of hits me close to home, because as a kid, I grew up reading comic books. I was a big Batman fan, and Superman fan, Spider-Man. Well, now this week it was released that one of the comic books of uh, Superman has the, the Superman character coming out as bisexual or homosexual. And so you have to understand that when a young child is reading a comic book like that, these are very influential things, and, and they know that. As they're putting this stuff out there in books and things like this, we're, we're watching this um, just grow more and more and become more and more numerous. Every day we're hearing things. You know, we've done shows before where we've talked about SpongeBob SquarePants and... Um, Blues Clues, and all these different children's shows that are introducing homosexual lifestyles and um, transgender and all kinds of things. So anyway, this is the part that the Bible talks about where sin abounds. Now, I didn't have any of those stories. I just wanted to mention them because they're out there and there's so many of them. Uh, But the Word tells us that we need to hang on to Jesus. We need to be in His Word. We need to be seeking His kingdom. And most of all, we need to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we do that, it says if we endure until the end doing those things, then we're all going to be okay. The Lord Jesus overcame the world, and because He overcame the world, we can overcome the world through Him. And so that's what we need to remember today as we get into some of these uh, news stories and as we take your calls. So quickly before I I go to the break there, I've I've got a call here. Let's let's see who my caller is and... uh, We'll take this call from Texas. Doug, you look terrific. <laughs> well, I know that this is not uh, Joe from New York, and that voice sounds very familiar to me. <laughs> well, I thought I would call and get in on the before the break and just tell you you're doing a great job, and you can read the Scriptures without me. I know that you depend on me for that, <laughs> but you can do it. Well, I appreciate that, Vince. <laughs> I know you're... I see people in the comments on Facebook saying they Doug relies on Vince to... To read the scripture, so that's about all I'm good for. So I better get back to what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you know that's not right, but thank you, Vince, for calling and giving me the encouragement. And uh, God bless you. Good luck tonight as you teach uh, there in Purpose Institute. And I will see you next week, my friend. I like how you brought me on right before the break, so I couldn't go too long. <laughs> well, you know, there's a strategy to this. <laughs> all right, have a good one. You're going to do great, Doug. All right, thanks, Vince. Talk to you later. (laughs) All right, folks. So as you can tell, that was uh, Vince, my uh, co-host there, calling in and giving me a little bit of encouragement. I appreciate that because I never would in my wildest dreams ever thought I would sit at this desk, especially by myself, 
and do this program. Uh, it's There's a lot of emotions going on right now, I can assure you of that. But I know that the Lord has uh, has us all on a journey. He's taking care of us and He's directing our footsteps. And so I just encourage you to stay with me today. Give me a call. Let's talk. And um, we'll make it through this program together. I know you guys miss Dave, but he'll be back next week. See you after the break. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Okay, well, welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Doug Norvell, and we're here to uh, do our open line uh, today on Friday. We've got a couple of calls up right now. I'm, I want to go to Chris in Georgia, and we'll start off with that phone call. Hello, this is uh, Chris from Tifton, Georgia. I always email you, and we talk. We always talk back and forth. Hey, Chris, and how you doing, sir? Pretty good. Good. My question is: um, Are we uh, have we started the um, uh, final seven years, or how close are we to World War Three and all and the peace treaty and everything? Well, Chris, that's a great question, and of course, you know we're we're not in that final seven years yet. Uh, but we are getting really close, we believe. Yesterday we did a program, we talked about how um, it was the one-year anniversary of the Abraham Accords. And, uh, we yeah, did, I saw that. So you got to see that one? Yes, and, sir. 
And so you understand that there's certain things that we're waiting for. We listed five of them yesterday. And so one of the major things that we're looking for, of course, is going to be that agreement between the uh, Palestinians and Israelis that allow Israel uh, to build her third temple. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be uh, um, absolute proof that we're in that final seven years. But, you know, the the World War Three question, now that is uh, something that is... Uh, we, we have to watch that every day because the thing is, is in the Bible, it doesn't tell us which one of those events are going to happen first, Chris. And so yeah. uh, we're watching the regions that are, you know, there's a lot of, of war drums banging right now. And, of course, the biggest one is uh, with China and their threats to Taiwan. And so we oh, yeah. watch that every day. And I actually have uh, a couple of articles I want to read about that. And so um, here in a second, I'll get into to the first article talking about that. But the thing is, Chris, is we know that something's going to spark over there. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and it could be, you know, this this deal with China, because China has said Taiwan belongs to them. And Taiwan is like a, a rebellious state to them that's broken off from mainland China. And uh, they threaten that if America goes and tries to help Taiwan, that it will result in World War III. So those are things we watch. Uh, you know, we see this uh, in just about daily news today. We see it all the time. We've got other things that are happening too, Chris, with Iran, who are, uh, you know, strengthening their nuclear program. And uh, Israel has said they cannot live with a nuclear Iran because Iran is always making threats toward uh, is Israel about wiping them off the face of the earth. Oh, so yeah. that's, you know, that's what we watch. And we know that that war is either going to happen uh, before that peace agreement comes or it's going to happen immediately after that peace agreement. We're not completely sure on that because we don't have the scripture there. But those are the things yeah. to look for, Chris. Definitely. I always tell everybody to read Matthew 24 and tell them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate the call today, Chris. God bless you and have a great weekend, sir. Thank you, and it's good talking to you finally. Okay. All right. Well, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So let me move to uh, this first uh, article that I've got here where it says, Taiwan says it's on the brink of war with China seeking military help from Australia. Taiwan is also known as the Republic of China in its opinion, but uh, it's the real China. That's what Taiwan believes. But in the opinion of communist China, Taiwan and their land is an upstart band of capitalist outlaws who need to be conquered. This leads to ongoing tension and conflict, uh, but recently the situation's escalated way beyond the comfort level. War could break out very soon, this article says. Taiwan is now actively preparing for war with China after China's army flew 38 warplanes over them in a show of force. Taiwan's foreign minister is a man called Joseph Wu, and he's trying to do whatever it is necessary to protect his country from the communist menace. At, at this point, he's even asking the help of Australia as this would give Taiwan a big strategic boost. Wu said Taiwan is completely committed to defending itself and already to hit back hard if China launches an attack. He said the Taiwanese forces will engage in combat to the end, no matter what, and we will never give up 
in our defense of this island. Wu is asking Australia to come closer to them in an alliance and share more intelligence and military assistance so they can be better prepared in the event of a Chinese invasion. The fall of Taiwan would be a geopolitical nightmare that could set in motion a world war. So that comes out of the Statesman Post earlier this week. Uh, and it's, it sounds very serious for Taiwan. They're scared, of course. And uh, China has been doing this daily. There's, there's just news article after news article after news article of them flying uh, planes over in force of doing war games in the Gulf uh, with their uh, warships, even uh, shooting missiles and bombs very close to inland uh, Taiwan just to show their strength. And so uh, this is one of those things that the Lord talked about, the wars, the rumors of wars. And so it just gives us a little bit of proof of what's going on. It gives us something to, uh, to share to show people exactly where we are right now in Bible prophecy. So with that said, we can go to the phones again. Let's, uh, let's go to Darlene in Oklahoma. Hi, Doug. Hello, Darlene. How are you? I'm good. And, you know, yesterday you were talking about Daniel 9.27, and I jotted down some notes, and I'm trying to take it apart. Um, So in this first part, it says that he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So it looks like part of that prophecy, I'm not teaching, I'm just asking, part of that prophecy looks like it was fulfilled with the many part. And then it just needs a confirmed part to finalize it, to make it complete and finalized. And then the other thing is when they build their temple and they're worshiping there, that the Palestinians may be just filled with jealousy because they signed on, but they get all this attention on Israel and Jerusalem. And I think I can just see it play out in my head. They just get so consumed with jealousy that they make it desolate. They destroy the temple and make it jealousy, uh, uh, filled with jealousy. Does that make sense? Remember this, Darlene, that the Lord said 37 times in the Old Testament that Jerusalem is where he would put his name. And ever since the Lord said that, the the devil's been trying to put his name there. And so that's what the final status is going to be fought over, or that war, that... Um, Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought over the status of Jerusalem. It's going to be fought over the city of Jerusalem. And uh, we see in Zechariah 14 that it says that Israel controls that all the way up to Armageddon, and then they lose half the city, and half the city goes into captivity at that point. And then Jesus comes Mm -hmm. back and fights for them there at the Mount of Olives. So it is going to be, I mean, that's what the Palestinians want as well as Israel. You know, we get the question all the time, why do you say it has to be an agreement between Israel and the Palestinians? Well, because those two uh, peoples are the ones that's fighting over that land. They're fighting over the Temple Mount. They literally are. That's what they want. They both want control of Jerusalem. We know from Scripture that the, uh, the land was given to Israel. It, it was given to Abraham's uh, ascendants, uh, and that comes through Isaac. Now, I know that... Uh, you know, Ishmael, Ishmael was his son as, as well, but Ishmael was not the promised son. And so, you know, we, we look at what God's promise was to Abraham. Now, 
you brought up a great point that the confirmation of the many seems like it's happening already. And so uh, that's something we're watching. That's why uh, I believe personally, and this is my personal opinion, but I, I believe that what has started in the Abraham Accords could turn out to be this peace agreement that we're looking for in Daniel 9.27 because so many aspects of this Abraham Accord seem to line up with it. We just don't have the key factor right now of the mm-hmm. Palestinians and the Israelis coming to that table. But, but see, the way it could play out, and everybody hear me, hear what I'm saying. I'm saying it could play out this way, that uh, a political leader could rise up that is going to represent the Palestinian people and get them to the table and offer them some things that have not been offered to them yet. And, and that person could possibly be the one that confirms it. Remember what confirm means. It means to yeah. agree with or to make it stronger. So what we have right now is a peace agreement among many Arab nations, uh, but it's not as strong as it's going to be. It's going to be strong when that Palestinian element comes in there. I read an article today uh, where they said that the Abraham Accord is not a substitute for the Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement that they're working for. So they're telling us straight up, this is not a substitute for that. We're not leaving the Palestinian people out. We're trying to pull them into this. And so uh, just hearing those things right there, this, this does sound like it's the prophesied peace agreement that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Does that I help answer thought, your question? Yeah, I thought that it, it may just be a portion of it being um, con- not confirmed but started, that you could see a part of the many part mm-hmm. of it. I agree with and that. Then, I think you're right. That's my opinion. Three, yeah, that's what I was I was thinking. And um, so we're just kind of sitting on pins and needles to see what happens next. But the three score in two weeks. So is it a week, a year? Do you do you think or do you know what a week is? Well, we, in, in Daniel nine twenty seven, that week is seven years. So you, you've oh, got one week is seven years. Yeah, that final week is is a week of seven years right there. And so when we see that, that's how the way we know this is because we know that in the middle of that week, the Antichrist is going to stop the animal sacrifices and cause the abomination of desolation. And so from there, we know from Matthew 24, 15 through 21 there, that that is what triggers the great tribulation, that event called the abomination of desolation. So when we see the Antichrist stand in the temple and proclaim to be God, that's going to start the final three and a half years. That's how we know that week is a seven year period because we go back and we look at all the scriptures that are talking about the tribulation period. In Daniel 7, you've got time, times, and the dividing of time. In Mm -hmm. Revelation 12, 14, you have time, times, and half a time. In Revelation 13, uh, verses 5 through 8, we have 42 months that is showing the same thing that Daniel 7.25 tells us, that the Antichrist will make war against the saints. So we, we have information there that lets us know that that timing of the tribulation is for three and a half years. That's how we can prove that that final seven years is seven years, that, that week is seven years. Does that okay, help? Yes. Okay. And um, I don't, do you have to go? Do you have another call? Or I just have one little... No, go ahead. Okay. It says, um, even until the consummation and that determined, which determined is like they're thinking about it, like war strategy, 
shall be poured upon the desolate. Mm-hmm. So is it just kind of reiterating? Because then I say, well, the desolate. Who's the desolate? Well, the, the one who causes the abomination of desolation is the Antichrist. And so I believe what you're reading there, that scripture is pertaining to he will, he will rule up until the time when God comes and conquers him and throws the Antichrist okay. and the false prophet in the lake of fire. So it just says he'll reign until that time when, when he's going to be destroyed, basically, is what that scripture says. Okay. All okay. right. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thank you, Darlene. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Lawrence in Texas. Hey, good afternoon, Doug. Hey, Lawrence. Welcome to End of the Age. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. I'm going to have surgery this Tuesday morning. It's going to be a major surgery, and I hope you all will pray for me. But I wanted to say thank you to you and Dave Robbins both. We as blind people have no way of knowing what the truth is unless we get it from the source. And you people are doing an excellent job. Well, Lawrence, thank you very much, and we will be praying for you, sir. Yes, and I know I'm on a fixed income, but like I told my wife, after I have surgery, I'm going to donate a little bit more to end of the age to help you folks out. Well, thank you. We definitely appreciate that because we can't do what we do without partners and people that are helping us like you, so we definitely appreciate that as well. Uh, I do have a question, though. As far as the uh, phantoms that we're supposed to see, uh, yes. is this virus a part of one of the phantoms that we could see toward the end of time? Or, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to find out, you know. So when it when it talks about famines, it's that's talking more about people that are starving. Like there's areas, I've actually got a story I was going to read today about famines that are going on in parts of the world. The pestilence, though, is, is what we're experiencing. The pestilence is actually disease. And I believe that that's what we're experiencing. I mean, you know, with this COVID uh, virus, all these things seem to be pointing to this. Uh, that scripture that I read in Matthew is exactly where we are right now. It just appears that that's where we are. And so, yes, sir, I agree with you that the, the diseases that we're seeing right now, the different strands of this virus and everything are these pestilences. Well, you know, I often wondered about my salvation until I listened to uh, uh, Dave Robbins and then I listened to uh, his granddad, I think it was, Urban Baxter, who spoke the truth about salvation. And I just want to thank you folks very much to know because my main goal is to be, you know, obedient to my Heavenly Father. You know, and no matter what I do here on earth, it could never repay him for the love he's shown for us. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, Lawrence, we're so glad that we could help uh, in any way, and we do like to point people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's one of the things we do here. And so if anybody out there is wondering what it means to be biblically born again, uh, we have a place on our website where you can look at what do you mean born again. You can also call our 1-800 number and get a free brochure that is called What Do You Mean Born Again? It will explain the plan of salvation. Uh, that the apostles laid out for us, left by Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross. So thank you. We'll be back after this break. God bless. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? 
With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Uh, once again, I'm Doug Norvell. Today, Dave Robbins is out. He has traveled to Missouri to be on the Jim Baker Show today. Uh, so he is not here, and I am solo today. So if you're just hearing my voice, you're not going to hear Vince. You're not going to see him on line. And uh, But he did call in and give us encouragement, so that's a great thing. Before we, uh, before we go back to the callers, I do want to mention uh, we just had Lawrence call in, and he talked about famine and about seeing famine in this time. So that's one of the things that we don't, uh, we, we don't usually talk a whole lot about. Uh, we, we see more things happening with wars and things like that, but there is an a interesting article that came out from the UN. Uh, it's, it's actually from uh, Reuters, and they said the UN agency says 41 million are on the verge of famine uh, in the year 2021. So in London on, on June 22nd, this report came out. It says some 41 million people worldwide are at imminent risk of famine. The United Nations World Food Program warned on Tuesday saying soaring prices for basic foods were compounding existing pressures on food security. Another half a million are already experiencing famine-like conditions said the WFP's executive director, David Beasley. We now have four countries where famine-like conditions are present. Meanwhile, 41 million people are literally knocking on famine's door, he said. So this is one of those things, like I said, that the Bible mentions, and especially here in the United States, um, we don't really experience this and and i guess we really can't wrap our head around it but there are third world countries where there are people starving uh to death and i can remember uh you know whenever uh, i used to be a youth pastor we would have um like a a weekend where we would have a, a famine type of weekend where we would go and we would fast for the entire weekend the kids would show up on friday and we would stay till Sunday and they would fast and we would talk about these children that would have to give up their rice and their uh, their beans and things for 
just for uh, missionaries to come into their villages and teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these kids would give up their food. And it really brought it home to some of those kids to actually have to give up food for three days and uh, to pray during those times when they were starving and their bellies were growling at them. But we just really can't wrap our minds around it here in the United States because we've got it really well. Now, I know I've seen a lot of footage and uh, video of the ships that are all out in the oceans waiting to dock and unload. And they're saying that there's not enough truck drivers right now in America to get all these supplies to us. I don't know what's going on with all of that. I can read the articles and I can read the conspiracy theories and I can hear the people talk about it. Uh, It does seem very strange. It does seem like maybe something's going on to where... um, you know, they're, they're trying to force an issue here. But I also know that when we had uh, the scare last year about the pandemic, people went crazy and went and bought up all the toilet paper and water. And we're back at that situation. I think, again, we've got uh, like Costco and Sam's that are saying that you have uh, you're only limited to two things of water at a time. And so um, I don't believe that we're heading into a famine, but I do believe that uh, there is famine in those uh, countries that are third world countries and uh, you know we see that every day um, if you look in the news you can see where those countries where those children are starving to death and people are just malnutrition uh, uh, <laughs> they have malnutrition there in their countries what I'm trying to say so anyway that is one of those things that Jesus Christ talked about as well and we see that uh, in the news today and so it does hit home these things are really happening we really are in um, the last days. So having said that, let's uh, let's return to our phones and let's see. Let's go to Pam in Georgia. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Pam? I'm fine. Good. Uh, I am calling. I'm trying to get rid of my dog so he won't bark just a second. <laughs> okay. I'm calling to uh, hopefully understand better the um, Revelation 11.4 that talks about the two witnesses being the two olive trees and two candlesticks, which I guess means lampstands, standing before the God of earth. Yeah, so when there, there's other scriptures that talk about this uh, in, I believe it's Ezekiel. Let me see real quick if I can pull that up for you. But uh, one of the things that we, when whenever people read this, a lot of people right now, there's a um, people out there that are teaching that this is going to be the church, uh, that these two witnesses will be the church there. Uh, I may not be able to find that Ezekiel message, but we'll do a program about it one day where we'll just talk about the two witnesses and really break it down because it's a great subject and it's a good thing to look at. But one of the things that we have to understand is that uh, we're not talking about the entire church. For one thing, it's very specific uh, where these two are at. And they're in Jerusalem when they die and they lay in the street for three and a half days. And so we're talking about millions of Christians, if it were the church, would have to be in Jerusalem, have to be killed, and have to lay in the street. And so we, we do believe that it is two uh, prophets of God that will come. Now, sometimes when I read these scriptures, like what you're talking about with the two olive trees and the two candlesticks, uh, the, the olive trees, uh, many people believe, uh, are talking about Jews talking about Jewish the Jewish people 
uh, some people believe that and think that this means that the two witnesses have to be Jewish. I don't know if that's a, a fact or not. The two candlesticks, if you remember in Revelation, uh, it talks about the churches being the candlesticks. And so that's another reason why people draw that this is the church. But what I believe in, in my mind, what I really think that we're going to see is we could possibly see, and this is my opinion, that we could possibly see a Jewish person and a Gentile person representing, like symbolically representing the Jewish Gentile church. And so when we see these two men of God that are going to come on the scene and they're going to be witnessing there and they're going to be given the Antichrist and the false prophet fits, I believe that it's going to be two men. One could be Jewish, one could be Gentile. Uh, but the bottom oh, line, go ahead. Uh, especially about one being Jewish and one being um, uh, Gentile, because uh, it, uh, the Jewish uh, uh, person would be better to, uh, able to teach the remnant. So that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like I said, that's my opinion of, of what I get from the Scripture. I don't know that's going to be the fact. Uh, I mean, it could be two Jewish men that are doing it as well. But that's kind of the way that I look at those scriptures when I read that. And and one of the things we have to remember, a lot of people think it's going to be Moses and Elijah or it's going to be Elijah and and Enoch. Uh, The reason why we don't believe that is because uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that flesh and blood shall not enter uh, the kingdom of heaven. And so in order for them to come back and be killed, they would have to be mortal men. They would have to be a person that could be killed. But the Bible says they were translated. And so that would mean that they were translated from the physical into the spiritual. They were uh, went from their mortal bodies to their immortal bodies, uh, similar to what those who are alive and left will happen to them at the resurrection. Uh, our, our mortal bodies will disappear and we'll get those uh, immortal bodies. So we'll have a body like Christ or we'll be changed. We're not going to disappear. I said that and I probably shouldn't have said that, but we're going to be changed. The Bible says we'll be changed in a flash and a twinkling of an eye and we'll go from mortal to immortal. And so in order for the two witnesses to be here and to die, they're going to have to be mortal men. So we believe that they're here physically on the earth right now and that when the time comes, they will start their ministry like the Bible says and they're going to be two powerful men of God filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you very much. Do you have time for another question? Yes, ma'am. Um, my son-in-law just passed away from COVID, and my teenage, almost my 20-year-old grandson and my 18-year-old granddaughter are grieving, and... I was wondering if you could please explain what happens to a born-again believer of the water and the Spirit, like the Bible says, and has lived a wonderful Christian life and ministered to many, many. And I wonder if you could tell us what happens to people when they have uh, passed away. And I'm going to get off so I don't cry. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. Pam, God bless you. So uh, Pam's question is, when a born-again believer passes, uh, what happens to him? So Scripture tells us that 
uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we know that uh, our, our spirits, our souls are going to go and they're going to be with the Lord. And we know this because we have scripture in the Bible that tells uh, that there are souls uh, in the time of the tribulation. There's souls under the altar and these souls are crying out to the Lord and they're asking, how long is this going to happen, uh, continue to happen? And the Lord tells them until the time comes that your brothers have uh, been martyred as you were. And so we know that there's a consciousness there. We know that those spirits are there because we see scripture like that. Paul told us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's also scripture in Thessalonians that tells us if we believe that the Lord Jesus is returning for us, that we believe that the souls of those who have passed will come with him. And so uh, we believe that when we pass, that our soul goes to be with the Lord and that uh, when he comes back, he'll bring those souls back with him and their bodies uh, will be rejoined. They'll receive that heavenly body like I was just talking about a while ago with the immortal bodies. They'll get their heavenly body like Jesus had and they'll be immortal souls then and have that same type of body that we're going to have when we're changed. So these these that have been born again, we know that they are with the Lord. We've got a parable that's in Luke that tells us about Lazarus and the rich man. And even though it's a parable, there's truth to that parable. It says that Lazarus went to be in the bosom of Abraham and the rich man went into the chasm which was hell. And he cried out. He, could, he had a consciousness enough to know that, uh, that Lazarus was with Abraham and he cried out and asked for relief uh, that perhaps just Lazarus could dip his, water, his finger in the water and, re, and re, give him relief. And um, so we know there's consciousness there and we know that there's a heaven and there's a hell and that those that are born again are going to go to be in the presence of the Lord. And one day when he returns, they'll get their resurrected bodies and then we'll rule and reign with Christ uh, during the millennial reign and be with Christ forever. Uh, so we, that's our hope. And, uh, and we know this to be true from the scriptures. And that's why uh, when you're born again believer, your name goes in that Lamb's book of life. Uh, the second death, which is the lake of fire, has no power over you and you will rule with Christ forever and ever. The, the Bible says that there'll be worlds without end. And so we'll be with Christ forever at that point. And so anybody that's lost anybody during this time, I hope that you can find comfort just knowing that your loved one is not suffering anymore. We've lost loved ones. Uh, Vince's friend that we prayed for a couple of weeks ago, he he passed away and they had his funeral last week. But we know he was a true man of God. He was born again of the water and spirit. And he is with Christ now. And so uh, we find comfort in that, knowing that there's no more pain, no more suffering. And these folks that have gone through these, these trials and these horrible, uh, excruciating things that they've gone through now, they have rest because they're with the Lord. So I hope that that can bring you some peace today. If you need some of those scriptures... Email me and I'll be happy to send you those scriptures. Uh, we'll be back after the break and we'll take more of your calls here on End of the Age. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. 
Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. Uh, we want to go to your calls. i got a full bank of calls. So let's go to Mario in Florida. Hey, Doug. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. I thought that was you, Mario. Hey. How are you doing, brother? <laughs> yeah, brother. Praise the Lord. Hi, in time family. How are you doing? Blessings to you all. You know me. I say how it is. So I try and be careful how I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you doing today, Mario? Terrible. Wonderful, blessed. Just driving Good. my clients around. So, well, my question is, uh, is, how is Abe and the end time family going to get over to Israel when they're, when they're uh, having you have a, uh, a jab passport to get into the country, passport to walk around and everything? If you can do that the first three and a half years, the last three and a half, or during the peace deal, or... Well, Mario, we're going to have to go over there when we know the final seven years has started because... If we wait till the middle, then the tri- tribulation is going to start, and we probably won't even be able to get into that area. So it's going to have to happen in that first three and a half years of that final seven years. So uh, to answer your question, uh, we're hoping that all of this with the, the COVID stuff and the vaccines and everything else will be over by that point. We don't know. We're just going to have to trust in God. But, but I'll tell yeah. you this much. If the final seven years started tomorrow, and we were going to have to take a vaccine to get over there to do this. We would probably do that very quickly just to get over there to get this done because we know that we have got to warn those people in Israel. And that has been something that has been on this ministry's heart for a long, long time now. Yeah. And uh, and so I believe that we would do whatever it took to get over there and uh, warn those people living in Judea of what was coming. Uh, who knows what the Lord's going to work out. And how it's all going to happen, but um, that's what I believe we would have to do, Mario. And and so, uh, you know, this past week we were at General Conference, and we had somebody come up to our uh, to our booth and talk to us. Uh, she's boots on the ground there in Palestine, and she was saying, wow. you know, they are ready to do whatever they have to do. Uh, they have been, you know, uh, helping people there in that region for a very long time, and they said we're very much on board with In Time. We love you guys. And we are there for you. We are boots on the ground and we can mobilize some folks to do whatever we need to do. So we know God's already working things out. We might not ever know how it's going to play out, but we know God's working it out. And we know that this is God's plan for us. And so uh, we're going to do whatever it takes. Praise the Lord. And also, I'm with you about Superman. We've never (laughs) known Superman to be a sugar short guy. We've always known Superman to be... The man is still. That's right. Just like Jesus, the man is still. So yeah. that's pretty ridiculous what they're doing with that. So yeah. But blessings to you all and blessings over you guys. Remember, we, we're just passing through this world. 
That's our right. mansion in the sky is waiting for us with Heavenly Father with His arms open wide. So that's what the day I'm looking for. Well, amen, Mario. Going up. Amen, brother. All right, well, God bless yeah. you, Mario. Thank you for God calling me today. Did. Take care out there you in betcha. Florida. Okay, let's go to uh, Colleen. How are you doing? Hi, Colleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, my question is, I haven't done a lot of research on the new president in Israel, um, though something just kind of settles weird with me with him. And I just kind of wanted to have your take on that because you probably have researched him a whole lot more than I have. And then my second question to that is... um, when President Trump came on the scene and his son-in-law, Jared, uh, something just kind of set wrong with me with him as well. And do you think that Jared plays into the end times with um, everything being set up in Israel? I Okay, so with what's going on right now with Jared Kushner, the thing is, is he's, he's not being politically motivated uh, by what he's doing. And he, I really do think that he has a heart for the Jewish people. I don't know that he's wishing any any harm to anybody at all. I really think that he wants to see this through. Him being of Jewish descent, uh, I think that he may actually uh, be somebody who's sincere about the things he's doing because he does. He set up this new organization over there uh, that they're going to continue to be working toward the peace process. They're going to be trying to reach other Arab nations to get them on board with it. And like I said, right now, he's not being politically motivated. His father-in-law is no longer in office. Um, It's not like the Biden administration is uh, trying to get Kushner to do this. He's doing it uh, as a way to continue this peace process. So I know that a lot of people have said before, could Jared Kushner be the Antichrist? And, of course, we... We understand why people would would believe that. And there's a lot of people that teach, you know, some stuff like that. But here's the thing. We know that the Antichrist is going to come from the revived Holy Roman Empire. And Jared Kushner is not from there. He's from here. He's from America. And right now he's not a political figure that, uh, you know, would rise up among ten kings over there. So we watch that and we, we, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. But like I said, I don't think Jared is... Uh, out to do any ill intent to Israel. And as far as their new administration over there with their uh, prime minister, the were you talking about the prime minister that's taking Netanyahu's place? Is that who you're talking yeah. about, Colleen? Okay. Yes. With, with, with them, you know, it's a split party right now. So uh, they're going to have to split that eventually, and then they're going to have the other half of the Knesset uh, that are the ruling party come in there and take over. But I think that what we're seeing is uh, Netanyahu was so hardline and uh, and such a military thinker. Uh, he was a lot like President Trump, and or he is a lot like President Trump, I believe. Where uh, they're no nonsense type, hard nosed guys, and they play hardball. Mm-hmm. Uh, this new party that's in there, I think that they're more. Uh, they lean to more uh, more liberal, and uh, and I believe that they. I believe that they believe they're doing the right thing. Uh, I don't think that they're trying to uh, bring any any harm upon Israel either or open this up to where Israel, you know, one of the dangers of Israel is that uh, if they have 
a, uh, a split party where they have Muslims and Jews running the Knesset there together or running the country there together that they could be overrun by Arabs who would not have Israel's best interest at heart. And that's always been their concern. But I, I don't know, as we've been watching this and studying it and listening to what's going on, I, I just don't know how to gauge it. That's one of the things that I, I, I wish sometimes I could pick up the phone and call Brother Baxter and say, can you tell me what you think is going on right. over there? Because he was an expert on it and stayed on top of it all the time. But from what we're seeing right now and the news that's coming out, it appears like this is a good move for Israel, at least at this point. Okay. What's your thoughts on the Pope and what he's trying to do? I, I think that he is very much a one-world um, globalist, and I think that he is using his office of power to push uh, political agendas for the one-world government, and especially with this new uh, seven-year plan that he has that he's going to read mm-hmm. to the U.N. next month, uh, what that is basically calling is that's lining up with the Green New Deal. And so mm-hmm. what, that's pushing an agenda here for the one world government because that is the next big thing that they're getting ready to unleash on us. Uh, right. I, you know, they're going to want everybody driving electric cars, uh, you know, by 2030. That's one of the things that they've talked about uh, is they want us in electric cars. Well, you, if you understand all the things that are uh, told to us in the U.N. with everything that's going on with Agenda 2030, uh, you can kind of see how China has lined itself up to play ball with this situation because China is one of the biggest uh, elect- electric automobile uh, makers in the world. And they've just made a deal with uh, the uh, Taliban that has taken over Afghanistan because Afghanistan has one of the largest uh, minefields for lithium, which is the main uh, element that they use in these batteries for these vehicles and China has made a deal with the Taliban to be able to come in there and mine those uh, lithium fields. So we're, wow. we're watching players uh, be moved into position and I think everybody is well aware of what they're doing. Nobody's doing it by secret and especially the Pope. This is a plan. This is something that he's, he's pushing uh, very well too and, and at the same time he's pushing this one world religion uh, with the situation that's going on in Abu Dhabi right now with the One World Religious Center they're building there. I know I know you can't answer this. I know this is opinion only, but I'd heard you tell another caller earlier that um, you don't believe that we're in the, in the beginning of the seven years. Um, for your opinion, and I value your opinion, why do you not see that? Because I just, I, I, I'm like kind of getting freaked out a little bit. The reason why is that main thing that I talked about a while ago. We have not seen that Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement. That is going to be the the one thing that lets us know for sure that we're in that agreement. So the the whole thing, the other day we did a story on a boss and how he went to the UN and he uh, gave Israel a year to get out of the settlements. That He's very much against the peace agreement. Abbas is. And, and he is saying that they will never recognize Israel as a nation unless they get out of those settlement areas. And so that right there is part of what that covenant is. Israel's right to exist in that land. 
And the Palestinians right now are the only ones that are saying Israel doesn't have a right to that land. I mean, the only ones that we're looking for to get on this peace deal. Iran says they're not. Turkey says they're not. Uh, other Arab countries that are against Israel say they have no right there. But we're talking about the Palestinians who are their neighbors and live in the same adjoining area with them. Uh, if you've ever been to Israel, Israel is not a very big country. It's it's not even as big as like Rhode Island. Uh, you could put three Israels in Texas, for instance. And so they're right there. They're neighbors. And until we see those two come to the peace agreement table and sign a peace agreement that allows Israel to exist in that land, to have a temple on that temple mount, and to share that temple mount the way the Bible is, I just don't see that we're in that seven years yet. We're really close. We're just not there. Isn't this something that Jared's working on? Jared is working on this. He is. But like I said before, there's going to be many people that are going to be pushing for this to happen. We're not going to know who that Antichrist player is until the middle of that seven years. Mm -hmm. So we could have an idea and we could say, well, we're leaning more toward this guy or we're leaning more toward that guy. But until we see that man stand on the temple mount and say, you have to stop these animal sacrifices. And he declares that he is the ruler over that area. However, he's going to say it. We don't know if he's actually going to say, I am God, or if he's going to say, I have all authority here. We don't know how it's going to play out, but it's going to play out and it's going to play out on that temple mount. And so we're, we're going to have to see a, a temple on that temple mount. We're going to have to see sacrifices start up because Revelation 11 tells us that that happens in the first part of that final seven years, that there's a temple, there's worshipers there, and there's altars, and, and we know the Antichrist is going to stop the sacrifices and set up the abomination of desolation. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Great questions. I appreciate you calling. Thank you very much. And uh, folks, we're just about out of time. I'm sorry uh, for leaving callers on the screen today, but uh, got to as many as I could. There are a lot of things happening, but the bottom line is we need to remember that we can have our foundation firmly planted on the rock that is Jesus Christ, on the Word of God, and have a daily relationship with Jesus Christ, praying, being in the Word, and seeking His face. He's going to lead, He's going to guide each and every one of us, and He's going to help us to get to the end of this. That's why he says to endure until the end and we shall be saved. So thank you all for joining me today. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Please come back and join us next week. God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.